0: What is up, what is up, what is up, y'all? It's another day, another time, and another week for The Godly View. Okay, so sisters, you guys, we are here. We are ready to work. I'm excited to have my sisters back with me. We are missing a couple of our dear sisters on today, but both of them are doing that thing. We are extremely proud of both of them. We wish them nothing but success on today but everything they got going on. They will be back on the next episode. So you all, at this time, what I'm going to do is, I'm going to turn it over to my sisters, and I'm going to let them do their thing. So, later, y'all. I'll be back soon.
1: Bye, James. Oh, my gosh, y'all. I am so excited about today's episode. Um, I don't know if I'm looking, like, super big. James, change our view. (laughs) Um, I am so excited about this episode for a couple of reasons because it is the holidays coming up, and I'm excited about the holidays. I'm excited about seeing new things. So let's introduce ourselves and let's get started and jump into um our hot topic and into our main discussion. I'll start off. I am Andrela N. Purry. I'm your purpose pusher, pushing you into purpose with prayer and affirmation. I am an amazing woman, a guy who lives in the great state of Mississippi, y'all. I'm in Mississippi, and I am excited about it. I am happy to be near my family and closer to um, some good food <laughs> and um, a lot of love. Um, I'll let my girl Jessica go next.
2: All right, hey y'all! Earth Day, girl. I'm Jessica. Um, I'm down in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Um, you know, been Kentucky pretty much majority of my life. Um, you can catch me on Facebook, Jessica Renee. Um, but I'm just glad to have everybody here. If you're first time listening in, welcome. We're glad to have you like us and share on Facebook at the golly view soul sisters. And I hope you're ready for a great show.
1: Now we got one of our monthly co-hosts, uh, our favorite pastor greer go ahead and introduce yourself
3: hello hello everyone i am pastor persephone greer i am the online pastor for a chemical church which is based in palm bay florida but i am here in montgomery alabama with my husband cliff i'm also a recording artist and i also host uh, the sheer truth of Persephone sunia on facebook live every monday at 6 p.m eastern so I am always glad to be on The Godly View, always glad to be, y'all are my sisters, y'all are my family, so it's like sitting at the kitchen table talking with my family, talking with my girls, so shout out to everybody.
1: I love it. We love you, Pastor Greer and Jessica, who just had a birthday. I believe she's still celebrating. She looked like she's still celebrating (laughs) with me. Yeah. Yes. Almost.
2: Awesome,
1: awesome. <laughs> so before we get into it, how was your birthday?
2: My birthday was good. Um, we had homecoming the week before, so um it's always nice to go back to my old stomping grounds while well, I still live here, but you know, it's nice to see everybody come back and you know, see everybody I haven't seen in like all year long. And so um, and then I'm also in a sorority. So my sorority sisters come down and we all hang out and, you know, it was a good time. So I, you know, I enjoyed myself and on the day of uh, my family, we always do a family birthday party celebration. So um, that's a tradition that we do. So that's what I did on my birthday. So
1: awesome, 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 awesome. I am, like I said, super excited to jump into these hot topics. There was um, a post from Will Smith with the upcoming interview that he'll be doing on November 9th. We normally do hot, hot topics, but I believe this is going to be a hot topic. Um, And if not, I just feel like this is something that we need to discuss. Um, One of the things um, that he has done is he has wrote a memoir, pretty much um, wrote a book. um, And in one of the chapters in his book, um, it's about the abuse that his mother experienced while he was a child. And they never discussed it until he read the book to her out loud um, here recently. And we know, you know, he's almost 50. And as a child, he, they never discussed um, the abuse. They never discuss what the father did. They never had those type of conversations. So the angle that I want to kind of like discuss and kind of go at this is how do we get to the place where we're, our healing um, with our words, and still having those tough conversations to allow our children to express how they feel and to have that outlet to um, whether they feel great or whether they feel bad, whatever their feelings is, how do we give them grace and space to have those tough conversations? And Jessica, we'll start with you because I know you have a beautiful baby girl and um, we want to hear your take on it.
2: Well, I I think it's very important to say to recognize that even though we're the adult going through it, that, you know, our kids still see it. So they still have some kind of, you know, they still have a traumatic experience around it. They still have, but it's only from their perception as a child. So um, they may not have the words to articulate how they feel about what they're seeing or how it's making them feel. And so I think... um, I understand, you know, there's been a great push on mental health in the past 2 years especially with the pandemic. Um I think that more people are feeling more comfortable to know that okay, I need to talk about this. Um kids right. with their parents, um you know, I I was married at one point in time and it was a very tumultuous act towards the end and um I remember not wanting my daughter to come home because I knew there would probably be an argument that evening and so mm-hmm. and I didn't want her to have to experience that because I know that that was going to be a lot for her just as a kid and I didn't want to put that on mm-hmm. her but I know that she did probably hear things and probably see things when she was home mm-hmm. that made her feel away um, but I think how to address that with your child is basically you just simply have to there's not any right time or any right way i mean well there is a better way but there's not um, specifically probably a right way all the time Um, sometimes it's just coming out and ask how is this atmosphere making you feel and then allowing your kids to have their feelings and not know that they can have them and not going to get punished for having them Um, because i think sometimes kids too feel like well I don't want to disrespect my mom and tell her that I hate it here and I don't want to be here. And then she's going to get mad at me and be like, well, you know, and, and a retaliation of, um, so I think they need to feel safe too. Um, so I think a lot of times just, just understanding that if I'm going to have that conversation, I have to allow my child to be able to express their feelings and understand that that's how they feel. And, you know, what can we do about it? Sometimes there may not be, much you can do about it then depending on you as the parent but i understand that your kid still needs to express how they feel.
1: Yes, 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 yes. And something that i heard you say which was really good was sometimes there's never a right time but you must have the conversation. I think having that mandatory you know kind of like thought process kind of like helps you kind of relinquish the fear because that's what it is it's fear of you know what will happen how will i be able to do this will i be able to do this how will i so i want to take it from a different angle and look at it from the child's perspective and i want to ask you pastor greer growing up did you experience anything where you felt like oh i think we need to have a conversation about this who can i turn to who do i need to talk to and how did you, as an adult, you know, kind of like get to the place where you were able to not push things under the rug, but able to have those tough conversations?
3: Well, uh, I definitely had quite a few uh, times in my life where, because I, as we were, you know, preparing to speak about this subject, I was thinking about the tradition of trauma in my, in my bloodline. Um, I experienced trauma as a child because my mother experienced trauma as a child because my grandmother experienced trauma as a child because my great-grandmother experienced trauma as a child and, you know, in, in, in life. So when trauma becomes a tradition, it becomes a tragedy. So then we have to now think, okay, well, I went through this because my mother was suffering. So how do I... Uh, become the person to my children, my future children that I needed as a child instead of, well, it happened to me. So, and I came out. Okay. So whatever, you know, as, as a lot of parents do, my whole thing was, how do I prevent this from happening to my children? How do I stop that, that pain of seeing my mother in pain and not being able to help her? And as a child, I feel like the caregiver because I, I knew my mother was dealing with things, but I didn't have the capability as a child to deal with. I couldn't even deal with my own emotions, let alone someone else's. But of course, because I love my mother, I wanted to see her be okay. But she was in that same position as a child with my grandmother. And then my grandmother was in the same position as a child with her mother. So it, it gets to a point where you have to recognize the patterns. Once you recognize the patterns, then you can kind of peel away the layers of trauma. Um, so that's the angle I'm coming from because Cliff and I, you know, we we talk about this all the time concerning our future children. And his childhood thankfully was was much less, you know, traumatic than mine was. So we can kind of pick apart different pieces of our childhood that we want to replicate and pieces and parts of our childhoods that we want to change and we want to go in a different direction with. And, and that translates over into my marriage. And I had to learn how to communicate with someone that's good at mm-hmm. communicating. Because I was always uh, the one that was trying to communicate with someone that wasn't good at communicating, and I would shut down. So now I don't have mm-hmm. to shut down because I'm married to somebody that I can be like, babe, I need to talk to you about something. And he'll literally drop everything he's doing be like, okay, what's, what's going on? You know, so the childhood trauma and the things that we deal with as children affect not only how we parent, but affects how we deal with other adults. So that's the angle that I've always tried to come from is how can I be to my children what I needed as a child?
2: Can I say something about just the- Wow. Oh, just, you know, I have, and on my journey to become a therapist, I learned that I didn't communicate well. And so when I learned how to better communicate? Like it—it it, it makes you realize how many people don't. And I—I, I, I, you know, I, th- I always think that's mind blowing to me, um because it is—it is like something. I work with kids, uh, a sibling group. They just got to go home, but they, like, communicating their feelings. Like, you really have to be taught that. Like, and you know, there's so many people out here, even adults, that when you ask them. tell you how they feel they're like good i'm like well no give me a feeling word how do you feel that's good it's just a blanket statement you know and so a lot of people don't communicate exactly how they feel like do you feel anxious do you feel melancholy do you feel like there's so many words of feeling but we use a very small percentage of them and it is hard when you talk to somebody who is good at communicating, because then again, it starts to feel like, oh, well, why are you pressuring me? Why are you pressuring? Me? Oh no, this is this is actually how a healthy conversation can go, um, but we make it feel unhealthy because we're not used to giving that amount of of words, I guess, in our communication, and so it always feel like there's a barrier up. So that's all. I just, yeah. That's it. But also I want to say to anybody listening, this is a heavy subject. And so if you need to step away, take time to do that. um, So you don't harm yourself.
1: Yeah. And another thing you could do when you are addressing and tackling heavy subjects is breathe in and breathe out. Um, We, stop breathing a lot of times when we go through trauma and anxiety and different things that you know kind of hurt us or you know that we don't want to talk about so doing those deep breathings having that time where you breathing in and breathing out I know it seems really 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 simple I know it seems minute but if you kind of go back and see when did I start feeling anxious? Did I did I kind of like hold my breath? Did I did I you know suck it in? What how was I feeling? And you'll kind of see if you go back, and I, I want you ladies to kind of attest to this, where you literally just stop breathing and giving yourself that extra breath, breathing in and breathing out, it will relieve some of the pressure and it will release great endorphins to your body. I just want to make sure that you ladies have experienced that. I want y'all to say yes or no real quick, because I just want the oh, audience yes. to kind of see that. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> because I, I, a lot of times, go ahead. I was
2: gonna say I've needed those reminders. I saw a post one day. It was like lower your shoulders, take a deep breath, and I was like, oh, I feel better." <laughs> but I didn't realize because you know I hold my tension in my shoulders. I don't. You don't realize when you're when your body's tense unless you take that time to really just stop and scan yourself and throughout the day, you know, that mindfulness is what we call it. Take the time each day or right. times of the day to
3: realize.
1: Yes. Doing those body scans has helped you. Go ahead.
3: Oh, I'm sorry. I was I was going to say I, I've experienced that as well. Um, I still battle with, with anxiety and depression and you really do have to pay attention to what it does to your body because i also deal with chronic pain so when i'm upset and anxious and like jessica was talking about holding the tension in your shoulders when i'm upset i immediately start to feel it in my body the pain starts coursing through my entire body when i'm upset so i really have to pay attention to is this something that i really need to deal with is this something that i really need to get upset about Because is me getting upset about this going to change the situation or is it just going to make me feel worse? So definitely paying attention to breathing, paying attention to how stress and anxiety affect your body. Um, That's something even we can teach children because children get stomach aches sometimes not because they've eaten something wrong, but because they're upset, because they're nervous. You know, and we often, you know, oh, I have a tummy ache. Well, what's going on? How are you feeling? Rather than, well, just go lay down or let me give you some, you know, children's Pep Bismol or something like that. And let me, you know, just lay down and just, you know, sleep it off. A lot of times people are, uh, children are dealing with certain um, health ailments because they're stressed out. Because that was going on with me as well. So,
2: My daughter gets a stomach ache the night for, before her first day of school every year. It never fails, like her stomach hurts, she can't sleep, you know, but it's anxiety because she's worried about what it's going to be like, you know, and I'm just like, you know, it's it's another grade, you know, but she, every, every year, every year, it never fails, she gets a stomachache the night before, because she's so anxious, she's excited, but it's just the unknown.
1: One thing that I love about this generation is I believe that they're more in touch with their emotions and their feelings and they are expressive. Um, I remember listening to Sarah Jakes Roberts and she was talking about how she allows her children to have the feeling wheel. And the feeling wheel, you go on it and you see, okay, this is the feeling that I'm feeling and these are the feelings that are attached to it. And I think having that, um, and I would encourage our listeners um you don't have to be a child to have the feeling well this, this this feeling will is for adults everybody um and we all need to really get in touch with what we're feeling and give ourselves grace in those moments where we we don't want to feel the feeling that we're feeling but allow yourself to you know sit in it do those deep breathings drink plenty of water and see where's the tension at in my body is it in my shoulders is it in my stomach? Is it in my legs? Is it in my hands? Is it in my arms? Because then you'll start seeing, okay, why am I feeling like this? Or why am I feeling like that? Um, and I think to go back to what you know our um, hot topic was, I think when you look at a lot of things that have happened to you, um, whether it was in childhood or adulthood, and when that trauma resurfaces in a different form, with a different, um, like um, Pastor Greer said, in our marriage or, you know, with a coworker or with someone else, you kind of can go to the root. And I think that's the main thing that um, Will Smith was trying to get, um, to convey is that he had to heal the root in order for him to move forward in his life. Um, and then I, I guess that kind of slides us into our um, our main topic which is we're talking about the holiday outsider or outcast. Um, As singles, sometimes I think um, when we're not married or even if we're married and we don't have kids yet, or if um, we're coming in newly to a different family, you know, this this may be our first um, holiday with this family. Sometimes, you know, we can feel like an outsider or an outcast. Um, and what we want to do is give a couple tips and some things that you can kind of, and then have some healthy conversation around it as well. But I really want us to give some tips and kind of show um, what to do to, because I believe this is really imposter syndrome showing up in a holiday where um, you are feeling all these anxious emotions and it goes back to, you know, what we said because maybe of a trauma or something that happened. Um, in your past, maybe in your childhood that you haven't addressed. So as we go around, um, I want us to just give some tips and some things and some real-life lessons that we've experienced. And I'll start off. I believe that um, feeling like the holiday outsider um, is something that I know I have experienced a lot. All of my siblings have children. Um, I'm the only, and I'm the oldest I'm the only one who doesn't have children and I'm a significant other. And a lot of those things, you know, that, you know, you'd be like, huh, at this age, I want to have this at this age. I want to have that. But God said different. At this age, I am the rich auntie. Come on, somebody. Hey, (laughs) I am the one that's coming with the gifts. I'm coming with love. I'm coming with affection. And instead of me looking at myself like an outsider, I see it as a great perspective to give more love, to have more time uh, with my family, and then to have more time to travel for myself, to live my life not. Um, With the expectations of what society says I should be, but with the expectations of what God says I should be, where's my relationship with God? And if my relationship with God is 1010 and we, you know, me and him is rocking like we rocking, I no longer have to feel like an outsider because I'm an insider in the kingdom of God. I no longer have to feel like, um like I'm a misfit or I don't fit in because my last name Perry just like they last name Perry we all we in it together and then I think a lot of times we need to take the perspective of our differences make us unique and not outside our differences make us have a different perspective and a new clarity to life and I'm gonna let these other ladies talk because you know I could go on and on but Jessica Give us some tips and some treats for these holiday outcasts or outsider, you know, kind of feelings.
2: Well, um, you know, I would say that, you know, I, I, like I said, I've been married. I have been, you know, I have a child, but, uh, I, I actually felt, I guess, because I knew there was so much turmoil, I actually felt more uncomfortable when I was with my husband at functions than I do without so you know I don't I think that that just wasn't as God was in so you know it made the difference but I would just give anybody who's single and feels like they're on the outside ask yourself why do you feel like you're on the outside um you know like um Stephanie said, when you do that body scan, is this something I can control? Um, You know, there's a lot of things within families. It's not that it's about you, but it's just there's things that the family hasn't talked about. So it just makes the atmosphere uncomfortable. So it's not that you're an outsider. It's just that there's a lot of things that haven't been discussed within the family. And then when everybody comes together, that's felt. Um, Ask yourself. Do I have do I feel like I have to please my family? So that what that's what makes me feel like an outsider? Or am I just being true to what what it is that I'm supposed to be doing right now in my life, and my family doesn't agree with that? And some those things you can't help. You can't help how others view how you're supposed to be doing things. Only thing that you can help is how you answer to them. And so um Sometimes, you know, they say we pick our family. If it is that in that space, then sometimes you may have to say, hey, I have to set a boundary. I can only spend an hour and then I have to go. But make it your best hour. Don't be there and be all grumpy. Make it your best hour and then go. So that way you can still have time with your family because, you know, I believe in family. I believe in community and you have to still be a part, even though it may being connected may be a little bit tumultuous. Now, if it's really bad, then that may not be the best situation for you, but that's where you have to be self-aware in that. So
3: So, what do you think? Well, I, I've come from, there's several angles that that I can speak on here. And it's crazy because this time last year, I didn't have any plans for the holidays. I was just like, I'm just going to be at the house chilling. I'm like, I'm going to eat. <laughs> if I don't do nothing else, I'm going to eat. <laughs> and just chill, you know. Um, growing up, I was a part of the generational um, outcast society. <laughs> you know, we weren't a part of the big family gatherings, but we always heard about them. We always heard who all was over such and such's house and who all was, you know. And it made all, of, all three of us feel weird, of course, but we... The thing is you make your own traditions and in different stages of your life, you have your own traditions. Like my tradition was always, I'm going to decorate. I'm going to put up a tree. I'm going to put up lights. I'm going to do something. I'm going to watch a Christmas story a million times. I'm going to do something to make myself feel better, whatever it is that I can do. And I can't say that I've ever since I had been, you know, by myself and in my own apartment and everything, I can't say that I've ever had a lonely holiday. I was... Even when I was alone, I wasn't lonely because I was able to fill that space with with things that I wanted to do. And then coming into, uh, because I've experienced the good side of, you know, being married and being around um, my husband's family. I also have experienced previously not the family being a problem, but the person I was married to being a problem and having to kind of fake and pretend like everything was okay. And then when things fell apart, I was like, oh, yeah, we, we knew something was going on. You know, thinking that you're a good actor when it was like, no, we could see right through that. Um, but, but this time, you know, I feel more like a Greer. Then I ever felt like a Hudson and that's no shade to my family, my biological family. I'll always be a Hudson. You know, it is what it is. That's, that's my blood coming into a context of a family that I've married into. Those aren't, that's not my mother and my father-in-law. That's my mom and dad. You know, Franny is not my sister-in-law. She's my sister. Cortez and Cedric are not my brothers-in-law. They're my brother's. So I've come into a context where I have a whole family. I have another grandmother, I have mama, you know, I have aunts and uncles and, and cousins and, and, and people that treated me like I was family before I even officially became a greer, before I officially became a part of the family. So um, there is joy on the other side. But while we're on this side waiting for the other side, we still have to live. And we still have to have joy. So, you know, I want to speak on what I experienced and also being on the other side of that and and you know, being able to say, Hey, there is something over here. You know, God did that because I have I chose, I, you know, uh one of my girlfriends and I would say, Well, our picker was broken. <laughs> like, I had to let God pick my family that I married into. And I could not have picked a better family to marry into. They love and accept me. And holidays are, I mean, this is going to be the first holiday season where I'm officially a Greer. So, you know, I'm looking forward to it. And I also thank God for those times that I was able to create traditions for myself. And that even though I was, because people don't understand, there's a difference between alone and lonely. Being alone is a condition. Being lonely is a choice. So I chose to always be in a, in a space where I had something to hold on to, whether it was singing or writing or talking on the phone with my mother, and my grandmother, when I was away in Gainesville. You know, you got to create those traditions for yourself and you got to, your feelings are your choice. How you deal with your feelings are your choice. And that and, and just like the imposter syndrome that, that was spoken about earlier, that is a
1: big deal
3: because you can be in a room full of people and still be alone in your own mind. So it, it's not just the people that you surround yourself with, it's how you interact with what your surroundings are. So that's there's like so many different angles that, <laughs> that I've experienced in the past five years.
1: But, yes. So um, I want you to go you know. to I'm sorry. But one more experience I want you to kind of share with us is um, before you got married and as you were a child, um, what were some things or some, what made you feel safe Um, and not an outsider as a child growing up?
3: Well, the thing that made me feel the most safe, was, I honestly felt the most safe around my friends because I was able to be my goofy, silly self and I wasn't judged for it. You know, I I was able to feel comfortable in my own skin. And a lot of times because, you know, there were family that lived close by, but we weren't close to them relationally. You know, it's like we knew them, we were around them sometimes. But when I was around them, I kind of felt like I had to protect the deepest parts of myself because I I, I couldn't, I didn't trust them because I didn't know them. And when you get to know people, that's where the trust comes in, you know, and trust is a very delicate thing. So I felt the most safe around people that I could trust with my most intimate self. And, you know, even with, with, with my family, with the Greers, I've I I can be just silly and goofy and they just kind of like, Lord, that's (laughs) Persephone. And I can totally be free in um, expressing the different parts of myself because, you know, they say everybody gets a different piece of you, but I feel like the family that I married into and my husband, they get the most of me and the, the most of me that I have felt comfortable with sharing, they've gotten that you know, and, and, my, and my girlfriends, my group of friends that, that I have that are my sisters. Um, when you can fully be emotionally naked around certain people and you can say certain things, you don't have to be afraid that they're going to take it the wrong way or they're going to, you know, misinterpret what you're saying. They truly know you, not just the you that you display, but they know the real you. I think that's when that's when you feel the most safe, when you can be emotionally naked with people.
1: Yeah, so the reason why I ask um, Pastor Greer that is because of some of the things that she um, has shared with us in the past. I think on some past episodes about her upbringing and about her life and how she wasn't as close to um, her family members. And it's so powerful that we have those friendsgivings, and that's something that I love. That has become a lot, you know, really, really popular um, with this generation as well. Is where friends come together and have um, Thanksgiving celebrations. Would you guys do something like that? Or have you guys done anything like that? Um, Mm -hmm. Because, go ahead. I was going to say this last thing because I think that's another thing that will not allow you to feel like an outsider. um, Because Persephone said that one of the things that made her feel the most safe. And I think that's what, when the outsider comes in is you feel unsafe. You feel like, you know, this is not a place where you can be open. And that's why those outsider feelings come in. So having those friends that felt, you know, that embraced her and that made her feel safe, I think that created a safe place. And as we, you know, kind of delve in a little bit more and as Jessica continues to talk, um, Jessica, I do want you to kind of, if you can talk to, um, after marriage, you know, um, after your divorce, you know, how did you, um, uh, maneuver? Were you still, you know, with your, um, husband's family, your ex-husband's family? Like how did that, um, how did that transition? And also with the Friendsgiving? So two questions, buddy. Okay. Okay. Well, what I was
2: going to say is we, our friends actually just talked about that yesterday was about having a Friendsgiving, um, because, um, you know, as Persephone says, she grew up with family around the town. But I actually have never grown up around my cousins, aunts and uncles. So, I'm not, I like, as far as family, like, we're bonded like that. But we don't have a deeper relationship because I've never, outside of, like, family reunions and, and stuff like that, I've never been able to spend time and grow a deeper bond with a lot of them, especially my cousins. Um, And so... Uh, and I'm like that middle cousin. <laughs> and so everybody's either older than me or a lot younger than me. So we're all at different phases of life at different times. And it, you know, so it's never just worked out that we've been super, super close. And so, um, so my friends literally are extension of my family. Um, And I, and I treat them as such, you know, and so, uh I don't just call them my friends I usually call them my sisters when we're out you know so because they are that and so um so yeah we we have just started doing that as we've gotten older but uh but yeah I I do I used to try to find somebody in college too like that couldn't go home and I would invite them to come have dinner with us because I know that's important you can't be with your family You know, you or at least let me bring you a plate or something like that. You know, because I've, you know, that's just that's what the holidays are about. And if you can't be with yours, you would want somebody to say, "Hey, come come be with mine." You know, and so um, right, so yeah, so uh, but the other question uh, after marriage, I really did not get, I didn't get a chance to bond with his side of the family. And there was a lot of, um, his his mom had a lot of the same trauma going on that was in our marriage. And so she was not a person that I felt that I could be close to because she encouraged me to, to try to stay in that dysfunction. So I could not gain a good relationship with her. Um but I, I met some of his family, but there there wasn't enough time for me to really build a bond because we couldn't bond very well. So I didn't get a chance to do that. And and we didn't know we don't keep up after we've been married. Now, I know, like, we have friends of friends who like in passing, but um, but we never bonded like that either. So, I mean, afterwards it was like I said, clean break, it wasn't emotionally, because there was still a lot, you know, I never figured I would be divorced, or gone through the situation I'd gone through, so there was a lot on my end that I had to uh, work through, and um, get through, and stuff like that, but um, we did not, you know, but that is my hope for my future marriage, like, like to have, like, what Miss Greer has to be uh, received into another family seamlessly. And, you know, I think I do believe that will happen, um, but just in God's timing. So that is my hope to have that joy and peace. And I can be myself. And I think that helps you. I see that. I'm sorry, guys, but I see that um, for Miss. Oh, uh, hey. Do you want me to call you Pastor Greer or do you want me to call you Persephone? Some you people. Call me I'm, okay.
3: I'm, I'm, all, I'm all those things. So you okay. know,
2: yeah, I don't mind um, at all. Yeah. I do see Pastor Greer on Facebook. Like I didn't realize she was as funny as she was. Like <laughs> but so I think that I think that's good too, that helps you be that person even with others, you know, because on Facebook, we you know, we don't know who's looking at that from Adam, but that his love of y'all's relationship helps you continue to be that and not have to shut down. Out, you know, outside of the marriage. So I think that's wonderful. Yes.
3: Can, can I make a quick point about that too? Um, when it comes to when you're married and, and, and connecting with your spouse's family, I believe it is your spouse's responsibility to make sure that you're ushered into the family seamlessly. Um, because when, you know, Cliff made, made a point at the very beginning when we first started you know, we first were like, okay, yeah, we're doing this. He was like, okay, I need to meet your family. You need to meet my family. We need to come together, you know? So within a span of like, not even a, not even two months, we had already met key people in each other's families. So, you know, he made a point to, cause I, you know, there were certain people that I introduced him to strategically because not only did I want to get their, um, their counsel on, you know, cause like you, you be seeing the person that you are seeing and you think they're wonderful and great, but you need, you need balance. You need somebody to be like, Hey, I see something, you know? So, you know, he ended up meeting certain people in my family that whose opinions mattered a lot to me. And then the same with him. So we both got good reports, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we both like, yo, she, yeah, she good. She good. He good. He good. You know? Um, but I believe that it's, It's the spouse's responsibility to bridge that gap. And, uh, you know, honestly, my mother, it took her a long time. I mean, like almost up until the wedding for her to accept the fact that I was getting married again because of the experience that I had before and because I'm her baby and she, you know, didn't want to let me go and all that stuff, you know. Um, But it was my responsibility to continue to let her know this man is treating me right. This man really loves me. He's he's gonna be a good son-in-law. You know, he he the way he treats his parents, the way he treats his siblings, the way he treats his family. The he he's he's everything that I wanted in a husband. So eventually, she came around, and next thing you know, she's like, "Where's Cliff? How's Cliff? Is Cliff off from work Yeah, I'm like, "Okay." Ask about your son-in-law. All right. All right. It, it it took a minute, but I had not, I was the one that was just like, well, she, you know, it is what it is. Then they wouldn't have the rapport that they have now. And she's the one that even said, well, I, I want to continue to get to talk to Cliff and, 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 and build a relationship with him. I was like, well, good Lord, almighty. That was Jesus. <laughs> that was the Lord. Cause I, I didn't know if she was going to come around or not.
2: She's so, at the last stamp of approval.
3: Yeah, so that so that's that's important, especially because it becomes more evident that the spouse didn't do their homework and didn't do the legwork during the holidays, and then a person could be married to a person and still feel like an outsider. Now, if Cliff didn't make such a big deal about us getting to know each other's families, then. Because we just, we literally just got home early this morning um, from going, going back home, do a quick little visit before, before Christmas. And if he had not done that work, I'm, we, we stayed at mom and dad's house and I would have felt <laughs> like, you know, but when I got there, I felt like I was home.
1: Yeah. I never
3: lived in their house, but we got married at their house. Uh-oh. So there's always that feeling of, oh, you know, <laughs> <the driver> away. <laughs> oh, I remember this day, <laughs> but it is the spouse's responsibility to make sure that their their spouse is okay and that their spouse is safe with their family. So that's another element that people forget about. Yeah.
1: And I think that's so good that you brought that out because that prevents a lot of these outsider imposter syndrome feelings because you are making space and giving grace. And I think that's the one thing that we as a community, as a people, as a culture, you know, kingdom of God, Christians, all of us, we need to create safe places for people to feel welcome and not like outsiders. And not, and that's one thing I think as even growing up when I was younger, I always gravitated to the person who was by their who was sitting by their Um, the new person, I always wanted to be like, oh, hey, come on over here. Okay, let's talk. Okay, let me go over there. And and now that I'm older, I understand why God allowed me to be, you know, like that conduit or that person to kind of go and do those things. It's because as Christians and as believers, we must be an example of Christ. And if we see someone feeling like an outsider or even having those, you know, kind of like those looks and those, you know, make sure we're making space and making room and making those jokes too, because laughter is a medicine and it can literally pull someone in who's feeling outside, who's feeling like, uh, I don't belong. I don't know if I should be here. Girl, man of God, no, you belong. You should be here. Let go of that imposter syndrome. Let go of that fear and come on into the family. Yeah, you family now. um as we kind of like get to our wrap up i kind of want to ask you guys um this last question um and i want you guys to kind of like set some intentions for our holiday season um what are some things that you want to happen this season what are some things that you're saying okay this is how i want my holidays to go and this is what i want um to experience And um, this is what I'm setting and putting into the atmosphere and allowing God to um, meet those requests and have um, that opportunity to speak to the father Mm -hmm. and hear him say, yes, my daughter, I understand how you feel. I'm going to do it. We're going to work this thing out. And I'll start off. um, One of my intentions for this holiday season is to be around. Um, My cousins in Atlanta, um, I would love to have lots of great food, but I want to have great portion sizes. I'm um, looking forward to, you know, making my plate with very, very nice portion sizes. And I do not want to eat um, Thanksgiving food for like um, two or three weeks. I just want to have it for that day. And then I want to move on to something different. Um and then I also want to do something different. Um, God, I want to um go to the beach, you know, for Christmas. So God, um, I'm just setting these things out here and I want you to hear my request. Okay, let's go with Jessica now.
2: I love that. Yes. Can I can I I'll second you and I'll uh <laughs> I'll, I'll stand in agreement with the portrait sizes and keep it. <laughs> keeping it I'm not big on leftovers now I like greens and stuff for leftovers but I've never been a turkey person so I can do without that but yeah Uh Lord don't let me gain 10 pounds <laughs> so yes yeah, so I can stand in agreement Um, I guess what I would put out is just that everybody comes together and enjoys themselves together Um, learn something from the older generation you know my grandparents are getting older and so, you know, just really valuing the time with them because I know although I don't like to think about it, you know, we don't know how much longer I'm gonna have we're gonna have them. So valuing that time with them. Um, and I'll put, you know, a special request I'll put out for the Lord, Lord, let this be the last season of <laughs> that uh I come to dinner alone. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, um But those would be my intentions. And just to don't let it be too cold. (laughs) Too cold. Too cold. (laughs) Um, But yeah, those would be my intentions. But just really just enjoy the time that I have with my grandparents and my family um, and friends and, you know, them, seeing them be blessed too and the things that they want to do. And then, you know, my own personal request is to you know, hopefully by next year, I can be in something steady and, and something that God put together. So, so yeah.
3: Amen. Amen. Um, and, and yes, do it God for both of my sisters in the name of Jesus. Um, I actually am praying the opposite prayer that Jessica's praying about the cold. I wanted it to be cold because we want to see snow. <laughs> we told the family, like, listen, we're we plan on coming on Christmas, but if it looks like we're gonna get like a little frost, we'll we'll see y'all the day after Christmas, okay? Because we we definitely we want to see the seasons change. We're from Florida, so you know, <laughs> not much season change goes on there. It gets really really cold and then it goes away. So being in Montgomery, hopefully we might be able to see a little bit of slush, a little bit of something. I don't know. Um, but I, I really, my prayer is to be in the moment. There's going to be a lot going on. It's going to be a lot of good stuff going on. And I don't want to get caught up in the whirlwind of why couldn't I have this sooner? why didn't it happen sooner why couldn't i have waited and not got myself into certain situations and then god had to clean me up and get me out of it and i'm finally where i'm supposed to be why couldn't i have why couldn't this have happened sooner because a lot of times when we get what we pray for we continue to lament on the time that we feel like we wasted and then that further robs us of time because The enemy, even if he can't take it from you, he's going to make you miserable having it if he can. So my prayer is that I check myself the moment I say, well, oh God, I wish we had been married for five years versus five months. Like why, why couldn't we have met sooner? Why couldn't I have had this sooner? Why couldn't I have had this with my own biological family? I'm not doing that. My prayer is that whenever a thought like that tries to come to my mind, that the, that the by the fir- burning fire of the Holy Ghost just burns it up and that I don't think about that and that I really focus on the moment that is right now, the joy that is right now, the, the cycle of foolishness, I got off of that. I'm not on that anymore. I'm not on the cycle of, oh, I thought it was good and now it's not. Oh, I think it's good, but it's not. Oh, I think it's okay, but it's not. No, you deserve the good that is coming to you. Not because of anything that you've done, but because God loves you so much that he doesn't want you to suffer. If we continue to follow what he wants us to do, he's going to put us in situations where we don't feel like we don't belong. He's going to put us in situations that, that match our DNA, that match who God called us to be. And because God did it for me, I can now say, it can absolutely do it for you. There's no difference. The only difference is hopefully you won't have to go as long as I did because you're listening to what I'm saying and not focusing on what, what happened in the past. We're focusing on the now. So my prayer is that I focus on the now and that I thank God for the now and that I don't continue to beat myself up over previous decisions that I made that delayed some things in my life and also good food and, and, and just... Yeah, but we you want to see some snow, please, Lord. Just a little bit.
1: <laughs> I don't know about this snow, no, sis. You, what about some rain? <laughs> <laughs> Bye.
3: We, we Listen, we experienced enough rain yesterday on the road. We knew it rain we, <laughs>
1: That was enough. <laughs> what? Oh, my gosh. I am going to come into agreement with my sis because that's what we've been doing. But Lord, can it just be in Alabama, not in Mississippi, not right. in Atlanta? <laughs> can it just come right there? Just not here. to get
2: to Jump that it her, Lord, dump
1: it on her. Not even she will be like snow snow I don't want it Rachel. no more. <laughs> just a little, just a <laughs> bit, Jesus. Mm mm-hmm. Ooh, snow is not fun. I was just I'm I'm gonna say that. Not at all. It was not fun for me. Not at all. It's not, it not all. what you want. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Ooh, okay. okay. I'm like, not going oh, to
0: Snow is. I done had my some portion. traumatic experiences, y'all. Snow <laughs> is not my portion. Snow is not my portion. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm.
2: Back be hurting trying to shove all that snow.
0: Like yeah, whoop,
2: Come on now. You got all them clothes
3: Getting on. Getting up early like, in the morning no. trying to
0: get ready for work with that snow. No. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. <laughs>
3: Listen, I believe y'all. See, this is the this is the native Floridian talking. So, but I I don't I I want to see snow, but I don't like the cold. So I got to figure that out. Cause mm-hmm. y'all should have heard me hollering last night. It was forty four degrees when we were driving through North Florida. I was like, Ooh, oh, oh, oh. And he's like, it's not even cold enough to snow yet, sis. What is wrong with you?" <laughs> but I wasn't. We were also we're not all the way properly dressed for that type of weather. So I can get gotcha. my cold weather fashion on, get my earmuffs and my scarf and my gloves. It's a fashion opportunity. <laughs> yes, I love it. you try Okay, this opportunities is, to shop. I can I can go with that.
2: See, I can agree upon that. You know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's hard for me to agree, but I am in agreement for Alabama. Not for no other, not for no other. Amen. 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 Only, in Alabama, right Only no in
0: Alabama. Only in Alabama.
1: Not, not here, Lord. Not here. Mm-mm. God knows. We see that our brother has came on. Um, I have enjoyed this conversation with you ladies today. Um, I hope you guys took some tips and some great things from our conversation. Um, When we started off, we started off this conversation talking about healing healing that generation where we swept things under the rug. And then we kind of ended the conversation talking about how you can no longer feel like the outcast outcast or the outsider for your holiday and that you are an insider and that you do belong. And we want to create spaces and create places where, you are feeling loved. And even if it's at a friend's giving, come on, somebody.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Ain't nothing wrong with a Friendsgiving. Right. Enjoy your friends. Enjoy your family. Um, we will be back with you November 20th. And we will have a special guest. I'm super excited about our special guest. And I want to kind of do a little plug uh, about our special guest. Um, he has a nonprofit. Um, I believe it's called Live Life. Um, to the fullest. And basically what that nonprofit does is they help out in the community. They give you different resources and places to um, see where you can live life to the fullest. They give back to the homeless. I believe on November 20th, they'll be actually doing um, a Thanksgiving giveaway. So we'll be kind of like uh, news anchors, you know, Oh, we'll have some on the spot and on the scene action um, November 20th. So come back November 20th we want to see all of you in the comments and even our replay viewers. And also, we love you podcast viewers. Please, if you have any kind of podcast um, like Spotify, Apple, um, whatever you Android people have. I don't know what y'all have. <laughs> but we love all of y'all. Um, go ahead and listen to our podcast, The Golly View. Um, I believe it drops on Monday or Sunday.
0: It drops on Sundays. Drops all right.
1: On- and we're going to hand it over to our bro. We're going to hand it over to our bro, James. Come on in. Come on in. Come on
0: in. <laughs> uh, you all definitely thank y'all for tuning in. Just a side note. We actually considered not doing show today. We actually considered it. We had two sisters down. And we actually was in the group chat talking about... Do we cancel or do we just need to go on with it? Shout out to my sister, Miss Andrea, who said, yo, if y'all want to do it, I'm available. At that moment, we went from everybody saying, yo, let's cancel. Everybody being like, yo, if Andrea says seats available, we'll make. The other ones was like, you know what, let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. And the conversation like what happened today needed to happen so shout out to my sister miss andrea we appreciate you sis for you being the one to step up and be like you know what look if y'all want to do this let's make it happen let's do it tonight let's do it so we appreciate you we did miss out other sisters we cannot wait to have them next week uh week after next we cannot wait to have them back on to do the show with them and uh, you all stay tuned. As we said, the podcast will be dropping first thing tomorrow morning at ten a.m. Central Standard Time on every podcast station. Y'all stay on the lookout for that. Also, be on the lookout. Year one, year one of the Godly you is um, about to be in January. So we're gonna be on a break in December. But uh, we, when we come back in January, we will be celebrating year one. And actually, <laughs> shout out to our sister, Miss Persephone. I heard that she had an anniversary on today. So going to give a shout out to her. Happy birthday. Okay. Our, yeah. our brother Cliff. We want yeah. sure to shout out to them. That we met. Yeah. And yeah. also, in the next couple of weeks, we will be celebrating about a year of when I reached out to Jessica, Janine, and Daisy about doing this episode of The Godly View. So, y'all, we it doesn't seem like it's been a year almost, but it's definitely been a year. And um, we've had our ups, we've had our downs, but do it all, God has definitely kept us and kept this show going in a way that he wants it to go. As I always say, sometimes our disappointments are nothing more than God's appointments, I meaning some things that we look at as man, God is only turning it around for our good. But before we close out on today, we cannot close out such a powerful discussion like what we had without turning it over to our sister, Ms. Pastor Stephanie Greer, to uh, dismiss us with prayer on tonight. Today. Amen.
3: Amen. Heavenly Father. We thank you, Lord, for all that you are to us. We thank you for being our Heavenly Father. We thank you, Lord, for creating in us a clean heart. We thank you, Lord, that despite the traumas, despite the trouble that we have been through, that you are a healer. You can heal hearts. You can heal minds. You can heal families. You can heal perspectives. Lord, we thank you that our perspectives are changing and that even when we feel like outsiders even when we feel like outcasts we are a part of your family the family that you created through the blood of your son Jesus we thank you Lord that our friends and family um, that we can redefine what family means that our brothers and sisters can become uh, our friends can become our brothers and sisters because of the connection that we have with them we thank you Lord for freedom we thank you for being able to be spiritually free your word says where the spirit of the lord is there is liberty so lord we we release the spirit of the lord into every relationship into every family gathering during the holiday season that no matter where they are or who's there and who's not there lord that we focus on the now that we focus on the beauty of the moment let us be in the moment and let us not focus on what we don't have but be grateful and thankful to you for what we do have lord every prayer every petition we thank you in advance for whatever it is that you're doing we don't have to have all the answers we thank you lord that we don't have to stress about not having all of the answers because jesus is the problem solver so as we recognize jesus as a problem solver We thank you, Lord, that any prayer that we put up to you, that it is of you and will glorify you. Lord, continue to change our minds and clean our hearts to where our desires match your will for our lives. We thank you for the godly view. We thank you for our soul sisters. We thank you for Reverend James Glover. We thank you for every viewer, every listener. We glorify you. Above any and everything, in the mighty name of your son Jesus, we pray, trust, and wholeheartedly believe in. Amen.
2: Amen. Amen.
0: See y'all on the 20th. God bless.
1: Bye. 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 Love you. Thank you for supporting Rev JHG3 Ministry. Whether it be PRL, Real Talk Monday, Godly View, or one of our many podcasts, your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to be a blessing to us, you can cash up, dollar sign Rev J H G3 Ministry. If you would like to inquire about booking, you can email us at RevJ hg3ministry at gmail.com we thank you and have a blessed day